Some of you may need to kneel. Some of you may need to even come to the front door. Lift your hands. I don't know whatever the Holy Spirit directs you, but just let it go. I'm not the preacher this morning. I'm just going to say this. Let it go. Let it go and let God just love you. There you go. Or you can just love Jesus this morning. Some of you, that fire has been dimmed. The cares of this life and the world have choked out that life in you. We're going to sing this verse, and I want it to be your prayer. Lord, please light the fire. That Congratulations to Dad here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, it's a good morning. It sounds like a good time to receive an offering, doesn't it? Are we ready to do an offering back there? Let's do that. And you know, there, there are, of course, we say this from time to time, we, we rarely take up offerings for needs, but uh, we do, there are some you know, extra expenses to do a weekend like this, and, and so if you're feeling generous or you Boss gave you a bonus and you were wondering what to do with it. Now's your time. Hey, lots of us would like to have a boss that was giving us a bonus right now. Amen. Uh, There's not many bonuses around, but let's pray. And uh, if you want to make your check out to BBCC, that's great. If you want to give it specifically for a reason, put it in the memo. We'll use an envelope in the back of one of the chairs. And if you missed the offering, these guys are too fast. They get the bags passed before you're done writing. There are <laughs> some receptacle boxes there on the back wall. You can, you can get them on the. <laughs> you, can, you can slow it down. Yeah, amen. Well, Father, we are so grateful for what you're doing here among us this morning. 
Thank you for touching our hearts and drawing us in, Lord, giving us that moment to come before you personally and make sure we're right and that the fire is lit again. Lord, I praise you and thank you for touching lives all over this congregation, throughout our community, through them, in Jesus' name. Lord, as we give this morning, as we bring our tithe, our offering, and faithfulness to you, we ask that you would expand it, multiply it, meet every need for this weekend and throughout the coming days, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I must say, it's sure good to have Mark back in the house. He's a lot of fun. Praise the Lord. Just a blessing. What a blessing. Um, we always risk, I always risk, uh, anytime you begin to introduce people that you'll miss somebody. I'm hoping I won't miss this morning. But I do want to acknowledge that with us this morning is uh, Trish Erickson. Would you just stand right here? Thank you, Trish. Trish is uh, married to Pastor Mike Erickson, the pastor of uh, Foursquare here in Big Bear, Foursquare Church. And she just happens to be related to our new pastor. As well. Um, I wanted to, this morning, also introduce Norman and, and Susan Stoppenbrink. Would you just stand right there for a second? They both uh, they uh, work at, and I always get it wrong, is it King's College? King's University. King's University with Jack Hayford and Church on the Way. and They're both on staff there working and serving the Lord. But here's the good news. I mean, it's better news. It's improving news. They've uh, bought a home here in Big Bear and their weekend home and looking to make Big Bear a permanent place for them to live. And they have chosen you as their new family. And your family. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Uh, with us this morning, too, uh, it's not going to be speaking. He spoke yesterday, Pastor Eric Jensen and Danielle, his wife. Come on, would you just let us get a view of you here? And, uh, Eric and Danielle from Oak Valley Church in Oakdale, where Pastor Rob served on staff for uh, four years, was it? And, uh, and uh, man, we were really blessed by your word yesterday, Pastor. Thank you. I'm glad we got that on tape and recorded. I'm looking forward to actually getting through it one more time. It was really a home run. Uh, next to them, Dan and Karen Fick from uh, the Southwest Bible College in Moreno Valley and also kind of helping out managing Sahali right here in town. Let's welcome them. Praise the Lord. And uh, they have another distinction in their life, and that is that they're Danielle's parents. <laughs> really? Happy birthday to Karen. Karen's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Didn't know that. Happy birthday, dear Karen. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Praise the Lord. Oh, what a great place to spend your birthday in Big Bear. Yeah. All right. Good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Uh, I, I don't think I missed anybody. I mean, there's a lot of family here, like the Swansons, or here from Hammett. And, but this is their church. They just live in a different town. <laughs> anyway, good to have you. Praise the Lord. This morning, we want to hear from... Uh, Dr. Joel Comiskey for a few minutes. He's with us. Uh, I, uh, oftentimes, this has been a downfall on my part. Uh, I get to be friends with people, and then I don't introduce them properly. You know, they're just a friend. But Joel is um, 
internationally recognized. He's hardly ever home. He's either in Brazil or Belgium or China or Russia or somewhere uh, teaching and ministering on cell church. He's a, he's, he's a cell church coach. He's, a, he's an author of 28 books, I think. Wow, 28. Got a new one coming out this year. Later, you might talk about that. He served with the Christian Missionary Alliance in, in Quito, Ecuador, and helped build churches there. And, and uh, then the Lord spoke to him and his family, Solis, his wife, and their three daughters, uh, Sarah, Nicole, and Chelsea. They live in Reno Valley. Uh, and spoke to them to come back and become missionaries in the United States and to have their home here to begin to help the, the American, North American church learn about cells and cell church. And so uh, they're here. He has been our, our coach at the church. Uh, you might not understand what that means, but he's been a personal friend of my life for a decade and really has spoken into me and we've become good friends. And I have the privilege of serving on the board of Joel Comiskey Group alongside of him and doing conferences and things like that. So, um, Welcome Joel this morning as he's, uh, he's been along the, the journey with us in transitioning the church. He's been right there with us coaching along every every week, in fact, for, for the last, well, it's been lots of years, but specifically for the last two or three years uh, in this journey we've been on. So he's graciously come this morning as my friend and uh, as a leader in the body of Christ. Welcome, Joel Comiskey. It's good to be here. I I just, you know, I, I don't know if I should share this, but, yeah, it's kind of a personal thing, but Jeff... Um, this morning, actually, uh, sent me a, a text and basically just said, I don't think I can go through with this transition, Joel. <laughs> he, he said, I, you know, I, I really feel that I, I need to be dictator here for life. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had to throw April Fool's at you, right? Yeah, that's April Fool's. I know that's corny, but, you know. But this is just a, an incredible uh, time, a serious time, isn't it? Just a, a serious time on April's Fools. Kind of, kind of weird. <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is a real special time for me. I remember when I first met Jeff. Um, it was actually at, at Floyd's church, and it was in uh, it was July of 2001. And, you know, when I first saw Jeff, I just thought, you know, is this guy for real? He just seemed over the top, just so loving, so, you know, just so kind, such a servant, you know. And, uh, and I realized later that, it, that it's true. He really is all of that. But I, I discovered that there was another side to Jeff, that he was also very meticulous. He had a, he's a type of guy that is a, a real administrator inside. He plans things, you know, step by step. And that really came out. Uh, when we were on a plane to Guatemala in December of 2003, and I was going to do a seminar, and, and yet he was there for another purpose. He was there to woo a young man named Rob and Shannon, who were at that time missionaries in uh, Antigua, Guatemala. And so he was just telling me, Jeff was telling me, you know, I'm, I, I know this guy's a guy. Now remember, this is in 2003. This guy is the guy. I know he is going to um, be the next pastor here. And, yeah, and, and at that time, Jeff was a lot younger, too. And, but, 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 you know, that's just the type of planning that this guy goes through. Well, we, we left Guatemala 
somewhat bummed out because Rob just said, no way. No way. I'm not going to Big Bear. I am not going to Big Bear. And he want, you know, he wanted to be a missionary. I can understand, but no way. You know, I'm not going to be. And, and, and yet he felt like God had called him to be a missionary. But, but, you know, Jeff pressed on with this vision that he was the guy. And he kind of wooed, wooed Jeff, I mean, Rob and Shannon. And, and eventually Rob just gave way. You know, and, and he's here. Yeah. And, I, you know, you, you know now why Peggy finally said yes, huh, to, to Jeff. But, but, but just that type of thing. And, and so it was, it was a long time. But, then, but this is the fulfillment right now of, of, of that time. And, and it's just really, I'm just really excited because I've had the privilege of coaching Jeff in this church for a long time. But more recently, I've had the privilege of last two years coaching Rob, being on the phone with Rob every week. And I can just really say that Rob is just a delight. I mean, he really is a guy that, that loves Jesus, that is, is just a real friendly guy. He's steady. And I've also noticed about Rob that he, he truly has a vision. He, he really has a vision. I mean, when I talk to him, He's just, you know, he's always just sharing, you know, I just really can see a New Testament church right here in Big Bear. I, you know, I just, you know, he, he shares about the life groups that you know, we need to practice the one another's. And, but not only the community and the one another's, but also the outreach and the evangelism. We need to reach people for Jesus. And this is what I, and I get to talk to him every week on the phone. And he's sharing this vision. I say, you know, Rob, you just need to share that. You need to get this out because this is an exciting vision and, I, and I've been able to see in these last two years the baton being passed from Jeff to Rob and just the incredible vision that this brother has. And you are very fortunate to have this new pastor and his wife to lead the charge here. And it's just an exciting moment because I just believe, you know, I mean, I, I've been around the block. Many of you here have been around the block a lot in churches and Oftentimes, the pastor will stand up and say, you know, I'm leaving in two weeks and just, you know, good luck. But this has been a transition over, you know, we're talking about 9, 10, 12 years, I mean, since the inception of this whole thing. And, and, and yet, unlike um, God's exhortation to, to Joshua, where he said, you know, Moses, the servant, is now dead, Jeff is very much with us. And, 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 and ready to serve. And is, here, you know, Jeff is just saying, hey, here I am. Use me. And so you guys have such an incredible situation here. You have a new man, a young buck, and a young wife. They have a lot. I mean, what are you, 19, 20 or something like that? Yeah. yeah you know. And so we have a lot of tread on this new pastor a lot of vision, but you have the emeritus that's wanting to come alongside and serve and yet give up the, you know, the power, you might say, and the, the, the pastoral authority. And so it's just an exciting moment. It's very, this doesn't happen often. But I really, my exhortation um, to you as a congregation is that same exhortation that, that God gave to Joshua. You know, to that you would listen to this new Joshua, that you would listen to this new Joshua, that you would listen to this new vision, and that you would go forth. 
because I just believe that this mountain is going to be changed for Jesus. As, as we all get together, as we all do it together, it's not just one man, it's all of us, because we believe in the, in the priesthood of all believers, don't we? We're all ministers. We're all pastors in one sense. This guy is here to train us to do the work of the ministry. So this is just an exciting time for me to see what's happening here, and I would like just to pray that this, that this would, would, would come apart, that this would truly be all that God wants it to be. Father in heaven, we are just so thankful that this process is being completed. Lord, the installation of Rob and Shannon is here. Lord, what a privilege I've had to just see this transition over time and be able to witness the vision of Jeff and Peggy to see a successor. Not just to, not just to step down suddenly and hope that somebody else would come or but, Lord, to actually plan this succession. And, Lord, I thank you for this blessed congregation that is able to see both the emeritus and then the new pastor here. And thank you, Lord, for the vision of Robin Shannon. What an exciting vision, Lord, to reach this mountain for Jesus through multiplying life groups. And, Lord, we want to be a New Testament church. We truly do. And so I would just pray for this congregation to, to hear your calling, to hear your word, to listen to your voice, to go forth, to be that, that help. And Lord, to be ministers, not just, to, not just helping, but actually being part of the process, being the priesthood of all believers. We just pray for, Lord, for, for just an anointing upon this whole congregation. We just pray for a new vision, a new excitement, and that, Father, you would do great things. We want to give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's just give the Lord a big hand. Praise the Lord. Muchísimas gracias. I, I might need that. Sorry. I'm going to ask my beautiful bride to come and share with you things that the Lord put on her heart this morning. This is not her norm. This morning the Lord gave me something and I was like, that's got to be just for me, right, Lord? I'm just going to kind of tuck that in my pocket, and, and we're okay with that. And, and then as the morning went on, I started realizing, no, he wanted me to share something. So like I said, if my legs hold up, we're okay. But um, I just want to read something out of the Word that I feel like the Lord gave me to share. And um, listen to it as you're kind of thinking about Pastor Jeff. Surely... There is a mine for silver and a place for gold where they refine it. Iron is taken out of the earth and copper smelted from the stone ore. Man sets an end to darkness and he searches out the farthest bounds for the ore buried in gloom and deep darkness. Men break open shafts away from where people sojourn. 
My hands are shaking. In places forgotten by human foot and descend into them. Hanging afar from men, they swing or flit to and fro. As for the earth, out of it comes bread, but underneath its surface, down deep in the mine, there is blasting, turning it up as by fire. Its stones are a bed of sapphires. It holds dust of gold, which he wins. That path no bird of prey knows, and the falcon's eye has not seen it. The proud beasts and their young have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. Man puts forth his hand upon the flinty rock. He overturns the mountains by the roots. He cuts out channels and passages among the rocks, and his eye sees every precious thing. Right there, just in a pause for a minute, you know, this path that Jeff has taken is not a common path. It's been a very difficult path. Um, it's been really challenged at times. And he has stuck to what the Word of God told him to do. And it has been very difficult, <laughs> to say the least. And I'm just so grateful that I'm married to a man who sets his vision, and he goes for it. And he doesn't do this to the right or to the left. He doesn't look around and say, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? If he had done that, this never would have happened today. It's not a traditional um, method that my husband took, Pastor Jeff took. I feel it's been given to him by God, and it's been a very challenging but very fruitful path. Man binds the stream so that they do not trickle into the mine, and the thing that is hidden he brings forth to light. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man knows not the price of it, neither is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, wisdom is not in me, and the sea says, it is not in me. It cannot be gotten for gold, neither can silver be weighed for the price of it. It cannot be valued in terms of the gold of Ophir in the precious onyx or the barrel or the sapphire. Gold and glass cannot equal wisdom, nor can it be exchanged for jewels or vessels of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or of crystal, for the possession of wisdom is even above rubies or pearls. That's how I see my husband. That's how I see Pastor Jeff. From where then does wisdom come? And where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all the living, and knowledge of it is withheld from the birds of the heavens. Abaddon, the place of destruction and death, says, We have only heard the report of it with our ears. God understands the way to wisdom, and he knows the place of it. Wisdom is with God alone. For he looks to the ends of the earth, and he sees everything under the heavens. There have been times on this journey when I have said to God, Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> Do you even have a clue what you're doing? <laughs> am, I, am I really going to trust what you are doing here? Okay, we can do this one more day. Here we go. Okay. And it's been a, it's been a good transition. Please don't get me wrong. It's just been difficult because it has not been traditional. It's not been the way that man has suggested you do that. When he gave to the wind weight or pressure and allotted the waters by measure, when he made the decree, for
for rain and a way for the lightning and the thunder. Then he saw wisdom and declared it. He established it, yes, and searched it out for his own use, and he alone possesses it. But to man he said, Behold, the reverential and worshipful fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from it, and to depart from evil is understanding. One more time. But to man he said, Behold, the reverential and worshipful fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. That is what I feel like Jeff has done. And I just really want to honor him and thank him for pressing through, even when his wife was doubting him. <laughs> and I, I just am so grateful that he said, no, I know what God told me to do, and we're going to do this thing. Tell you what, guys, uh, we we clamor for a lot of things in our careers and our pursuits, but to have a fan a fan club of one is probably just enough. Yeah. But until today, I didn't know she was my fan. <laughs> this this is this is really really good news. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! This is really, this is really good news. Oh, I'm feeling freer already. Oh my goodness! Um, a while ago, I did what pastors do classically wrong, and so now I'm going to correct it. You know, the old Gary he sings on drum thing. I stopped too soon. Because the people you never see, if things go well, are the ones that are in the back. So Jaden Tunnel has been on our sound all weekend. And his bride, Wendy, right there. was making sure you knew what words to sing and making that all work. So thank you. Uh, That's our classic mistake when we talk about a worship team. We tend to look here. And forget that if they weren't doing their job, these guys would sound horrible. (laughs) One other person I really sincerely would like to thank in public one more time is uh, Dr. Pastor Floyd Evers and Darlene. Amen. Thank you. Their, Their friendship to me is a precious jewel and has been part of transforming who I am over the last you know, 100 years. <laughs> and I thank you for putting up with me and letting me be the serial killer at your house. And, uh, and all that you've done to be my friend is deeply appreciated and has been effective in molding who I am today. And I thank you for that. You know, this sounds like a farewell speech, you know. It's not. And uh, it's, it isn't really a day for nostalgia, in a sense, but it's a, it's a time to rejoice in the past. It's what's happened. It's this time to 
think about our preparations for the future and where we're headed and forecasting the plans of God for us and, and the leadership in his body here at Christian Center. And it really is, has been mentioned a couple of times, part of my message, of course, this morning is that it is baton passing time. And, and I had the brilliant oversight of not having a baton. And you should have it. <laughs> Use a mic stand. I've been looking around like a drumstick or something. You know. But it really is baton passing time. And I thought, you know, we look for these illustrations and parallels. Pastors do that a lot. And, uh, you know, because we want to take what's happening and make it fit to life. And when I think about Christian Center, the founding pastor, Louis Weiss, who I served with uh, back in the early 70s, uh, died two years after I came to the Lord. And I was already working in the church with him. And then Gene and Alvern Greeley came and stayed as pastors for 11 years here at the church. After the end of that, they handed it to me. And uh, now I've been pastor staff, uh, if you will, since 1984. So that's 28 years this Easter. And when you think about a relay race, there's four runners. And I thought, wow, maybe Jesus will come before you're done. You know, it's like that final. So I feel like the the third man in the race. And so, uh, and literally a couple weeks ago, I was challenged. I mean, it was, you get down to the wire of these things and all the planning and the motion. And for Peggy, the last two weeks has been uh, really the magic mountain ride of life for her just up and down. And when I get up in the morning, get out of the shower, the thing I hear most is, your lunch is right there by the door. Yeah, I made your lunch. That means you're leaving because, because I, I can't take another day of this. You, you know, woo, we are. Woo, oh, we're doing it. No, we're not. Yes, we're not. And uh, just the emotional ups and downs. And, and uh, so uh, it, I, I finally got it by spirit a couple of weeks ago that no, if I'm the third man in the, in the race, I have to get my eye on the backside of this last runner, and I've got to give it everything I've got to make sure I get this into his hand and not let go until it's done. And so I feel like that's today. I'm really glad. I'm, and i got to tell you, I'm tired of running. <laughs> last number of months, John 3.30 has been my life verse. You know, you need to have verses that become part of who we are and carry us along and you might not relate to it but I certainly do and I've mentioned this to Rob numerous times. John 3.30 says he must increase, I must decrease. John the Baptist talking about the Lord. It's time for him to come up and time for me to disappear. And so for the last number of months that's been my goal is to get into the disappearing act, to get into the back seat and I know it's been confusing to some are you retired? What are you doing? And you know, and all these questions I have to deal with, and uh, none of them are really very accurate. But it's been that moment of, of lifting and pushing and saying, you know, I have, there are, it's, this is kind of fun. I walk through here, and there are people who don't know who I am. I got, they say, good morning. You know, are you visiting here today? Yeah, I am. I, for, it's my 28th year. <laughs> visiting. <laughs> and that's a good thing. You know, pride could get in the way and say, well, that's not right. I'm the guy, you know. And I'm, but it's been, people say, you know, I need to talk to somebody. So let me, let me uh, give you the number of the office. And you call them. myself or one of the guys will answer, but Pastor Rob can help. And 
you know, lots of life group leaders, other ways of managing what God wants to do for us here. And, and so it's been uh, a decreasing time for me, and I'm, I'm okay with that, I think. <laughs> but I have, uh, I have only have 13 points this morning. <laughs> Actually, I have uh, five. And this is large print, so it'll go fast. But th- those points are, I want to touch on these, these topics, the race, the qualifications, the flock, the grace, and the truth. And so, Father, help me. In this moment, yes. Lord, we've come a long ways to get to here. And I pray that we would crest the top of that hill, Lord, that we would find you breathing the wind upon our backs as we're running, Lord, that you will help us place the baton squarely where it belongs, and that you will charge pastors Rob and Shannon with the word of God this morning through us. Lord, use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. The race is clear. And I've often joked and said that just about the time you feel like you're going to put your chest into the tape, God has a way of moving it seemingly another mile down. And you, and you kind of breathe out your air and, oh, no. And, and this is a race that just doesn't end until we, get, until we can say it's finished, you know. So uh, that's happened numerous times. But Rob and Shannon, the race is... Uh, well underway for you. This isn't a day of beginning. You've been running for years. And, but it is a race that we must run with perseverance, with endurance. We have to last the long haul. It's not a flash in the pan thing. The, the body of Christ grows every day and, and, and has other needs. And there are others who need to come to Christ all around us. And so this race is expanding constantly for you. But the goal is to follow Jesus, to keep our eyes on him. That's how we keep going. We look at people, we look at the world, and sometimes even if we look at our families, we get discouraged. And so the, always the challenge is to get back to looking unto Jesus. He's, I like the way the Amplified says that he's the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. This is a faith walk we're doing here. We, you know, we, we come from families where there are family members who don't follow Jesus. Now, put yourself in their shoes just for a minute, and maybe some of you other pastors and leaders experience this too. We have family members who don't believe in God. And they look at us, their family members, saying, this is what they do for a career. They teach people about fantasies and fables and stories that are not true. And they, and they make money off of people doing this. I mean, what, what kind of a life is that? I mean, why weren't they an electrician or a carpenter or something who were productive? But no, they spend their whole time you know, fooling people, convincing people. And Paul talked about this, right? He said, hey, if, if there's no resurrection, we're of most people. We're, all the, we're miserable because we're, we're talking about a hope that doesn't exist. But Paul turns the corner. And that argument says, but there is a resurrection. And it is the truth. Amen. Amen. And this is a life worth living. 
So how do we not get discouraged by those things around us? We look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And as we've heard testimony of your character and your integrity, we know that's what you do. And church, our responsibility behind them is to, if we ever see them wavering, not to go, oh, my God, Pastor, shaky. What are we going to do? No, we say, we need to get behind them and say, no, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. We need to encourage and pray and, and believe with them. Amen? That's, that's our role is to get underneath. And this is such a blessed feeling. I, I'm almost afraid of the next you know, number of weeks or months because I know my life, as our lives as a family, have been carried by prayer of others. And, and if, if they stop praying for us, they start praying for you. <laughs> you know. I mean, I can find myself sort of skidding along, you know. Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> what happened? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Uh, my, my, my thought here is be careful. Be careful, but don't be filled with care. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Be careful, but don't be filled with care. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Don't you know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race, that you may lay hold of the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately, restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. We do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet my body. And no, that doesn't say buffet. I buffet, I buffet my body, handling it roughly, I discipline it by hardships, I subdue it, that does not sound like a buffet, man, for fear, we talked about, Peggy talked about the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, I do all this for fear that after proclaiming the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test and be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. So that, with this in mind, I say, be careful. Run according to the rules. Run with the right frame of mind. Keep the body in check. Run like you're going to win and get the prize for yourself. Be careful, but don't be filled with care. Cast all your cares on him. He cares for you. This, this scripture that talks about rolling off your burden onto the Lord comes from a phrase in the Hebrew. Uh, it's the picture of that camel. It's got this big load up on its back. And how do you get the load off of a camel? I'm, I'm sure we're all aware. We all have camels. <laughs> how, how, do we, how do they get it off? The camel kneels down and takes its time ever so slowly to get down. And then it just rolls over on its side. And, that, and then the load comes off. That's how they get it off. So the picture is, roll your burdens on Jesus. He'll give you a song. No, it's a moment. I know some of you don't have a clue, but that's all right. Is to literally get down on your knees and let that thing roll off on him. He can carry it. We can't. 
What are the qualifications for a day like this, for a couple like this? What are the biblical rules for becoming pastoral leaders? Well, Paul talks to Timothy, and they're in Timothy for deacons and elders. There's probably about 16 different items listed. And so you'll be aware of this. All those 16 apply to you and I. Okay? What Paul's saying to Timothy when he charges him, he says, these things should happen in everybody's lives, but if a person's going to step into leadership for the body, they have to be there. It's not a rule-driven, law-driven thing that Paul's talking about. He's talking about a personal integrity, character, and all the devices that need to be in the leader's life, and they will not remain solid and be consistent unless the grace of God makes it happen. Right? It's, it's not like I have to perform better. It's I need to lean back into Jesus more. I need to let Galatians 2.20 really become my guide. The life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm alive. How is that possible? I'm dead, but I'm alive. It's the life of Jesus living through us. But I want to read these qualifications from his passage to Titus, which Titus is a little book, but it's all to Pastor Titus. And in the first chapter, these few verses, he says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed. In a sense, we're appointing elders today. These words are uh, synonymous with bishops and presbyters and pastors and leaders, okay? Namely, if any man is above reproach, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, not accused of dissipation or rebellion. That's the kids, not accused. Not just the leader. This is one of the things that, that was key in, in seeing and praying and believing that Rob and Shannon were to come, was that they have children that are old enough to testify, like the Jenses do. They have children old enough to testify that if you take the parents aside and interview the kids, you find out what the home looks like. And the kids are not accusable. Amen? The only thing that could be accused of is drinking too many sodas or something, probably. <laughs> I don't know if it's too many. They were counting them yesterday. <laughs> I only had three. <laughs> and those would be four, five, six, you know. For the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not found of, uh, a fond, excuse me, of sordid gain, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, just, devout, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word, which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able to both uh, be able to both exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. This is a short list, and the whole book is to, to him. Uh, I don't know how you're doing, but is it warming up in here? Yeah. Can we get a little help well. there? Oh, you, oh, you're talking about me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I, was, I thought we were just seeing a little more of this going on. I thought, hey, I paid a lot of money for an air conditioner sitting out there. Let's make that thing go. Actually, you paid a lot for an air conditioner. So those are simple a simple view of qualifications, and it's about the parents and the family. And would you agree with me? The family says, this is good. Their family is a reflection of the things of God. I mean, you got this Kenyan preacher already. You know, that, I mean, how many kids in our families across the, the community would say, hey, you know what I'm doing? 
I'm going to Kenya, and I'm going to preach, and I'm going to teach, and I'm going to get fired up for Jesus and figure out how to take 16-hour plane flights and jet lag and sell coffee or whatever. I mean, you know, their, their goals are different. So, what about, so that's the qualifications. The third one, the flock. Isaiah 40.11 is a picture of Jesus. It says, he will lead his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom. And he will gently lead those that are with young. Shannon, you're making me cry. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Her face is just angelic. God. He will lead his flock like a shepherd. You know, the shepherd has to get out in front. The shepherd's got to take the heat. The shepherd's got to get him in the box canyon and sleep in the opening in case any of the other animals want lunch and fight him off like David and the lion, the bear, and, and has to risk his life and, and their lives to be out in front of the flock. They're leading. You've heard the story of the guy in the tour bus in England. He's looking out the window, and he sees the guy down the street in the lane there with the flock of sheep, and he's behind him with his stick going like this. And the bus stops just about the time the guy's near the bus, and this guy runs off the bus and says, I don't get it. I always thought the shepherd you know, got out front and led. You're back there like this. He goes, oh, I'm not a shepherd. I'm a butcher. <laughs> you know, that, make, that makes sense, you know. We're not to be the flock. We're to lead the flock. And he'll gather the lambs in his arms. The lambs are the little ones, right? The ones that can't carry themselves, we carry them along. Now, carry them in his bosom means that we're, just, we're to keep we're to keep the people of God close to our heart. They're not just people. They're family. They're flock. They're, they're God's charge to us. So we carry them close to our heart. Carry them in your bosom. Take care of a lamb in your bosom. You know, the picture's there. Carry them close to your heart. And gently lead those that are with young. This is an interesting part of leading a flock of people. Is that, and none of us are really agra type people here in Big Bear but if there's if there's new lambs born in the flock they they nurse while they're walking and so the shepherd in, in wisdom has to slow down the pace of the entire flock so that the little ones can nurse otherwise they'll die off the next generation I feel like I've been doing that for about three years slowing down the flock we're going to make sure we get this transition done we're not going to lose anybody along the way we're not into, you know, church splits and devices and arguments. And it's been, I think we as a congregation have needed to see that I believe in Pastor Rock. That's right. And that, if you, what are you going to do now? Are you leaving? No, this is my church. This is where my family is. This is my life. I, I'm not going anywhere. I love this place. And I will, I just want to be 150% behind Rob and Shannon. And we're, in a sense, you know, we're trading places. So at times we have to take the leadership and slow things down or change direction and, and make sure everybody comes along. That's always the goal. Let's all come. We're family. Let's stay together. So the flock is important. First Peter 5 was read yesterday. Let me read it one more time. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I, too, am an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And I, too, will share in his glory when he's revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder. I appeal to you, care for the flock of God that is entrusted to you. 
Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. That's our goal. The grace that we need. I read from 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I could cross this out and not try and be mushy, but it says, Timothy, my dear son. I would put in there Rob. Rob, my dear son. And he is a son to a lot of us. He's been in a lot of our families. Fortunately, to my benefit, I've never had him live with me. (laughs) He's lived with some of you, but he never got into my house. He's lived with you guys twice, I think. The whole family, you know. Rob, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. If it isn't grace, it's not going to happen. Oh, my. You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they can't please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes can't win the prize unless they follow the rules. Hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand these things. That's Peter. We need the grace. We need the grace. We all need grace. I mean, aren't you glad for grace? His mercies are new every morning. How often do we need them? Twice a day would be okay. (laughs) But every morning is really good. Uh, We need mercy. We need grace. And grace is what we live by and from. If we slip into the law, then none of us will make it. You know, we all fail. The law comes to reprove and tell us that we're failures. And that we need grace that comes through. Truth and grace comes through Jesus Christ. John 1.14. He comes to give us grace. So live in grace. Don't get under the load of it. You know, a comment I should have said about the, the flock, you know, and, and being care, be careful but not filled with care. Take care of the flock, but don't ever expect them to take care of you. God, this no reflection on you, okay? But when we shift from being God-dependent to people-dependent, things really shift improperly. It gets it gets tough. Our view gets skewed. Our our hopes are dashed. You know, we 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 always think somebody's going to do better than they do. We always thought we would do better than we do ourselves, right? And we say, oh, they'll do really good, and they don't show up for duty, and you get mad, and things don't happen. And you got to stay focused, focused. Keep your eyes on Jesus, and so care for them, but don't expect them to care for you. Always expect God. Hold God's feet to the fire. God, you said you would. You, I know you'll come through. You're the one. I'm leaning on you. Grace. <clears throat> And the truth. Second Timothy chapter 4. This would be a classic for a day like this. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready. In season and out of season. Reprove. 
rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come, and unfortunately it's already come, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. And will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. We heard this so clearly from Pastor Jensen yesterday. The passage of Jeremiah's ministry. You know, all these other guys are getting big crowds and Jeremiah's the only one with the truth and he's getting thrown in wells and tempted murders and rejection. The time will come and is here when this happens. But you... Be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Now, I suppose these next few verses are supposed to be applied to me. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who love his appearing. So if we apply the Paul-Timothy story to us, that's how it reads. I would conclude this morning uh, my comments by saying that 1 Timothy 1.12 really is, I've got this on on my screen, on my computer, you know, with the desktop thing. This verse, from time to time, it says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. This is your testimony also. You hear Paul say it to Timothy. Timothy needed to hear it. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. All of us in ministry need to hear it. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, Because he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. We don't put ourselves in ministry. There are those who do that. There are those who grow up in ministry families, go off to university, then off to seminary, and they come out pastors. And then they look for a church in their denomination, and they put them somewhere in the world, and and they lead people. And some of those people don't even have a true faith. They're just in the family business. And they learn how to go through the motions and do the rites and the acts and wear the robes and the collars and whatever it is they do. And they just walk through the system. And, and it's exciting when one of them comes to know Jesus. And, you know, Jesus confronted people like that in the New Testament, right? He says, you're the scribes, the Pharisees. I mean, you talk about God all the time. You lead everybody by the law. And you don't even know what you're talking about. I'm standing here in front of you, the Son of God. You don't recognize the thing you've been waiting for to come. So it's not just our generation, but... We're not, we're not of those that just get up in the morning and say, gee, I don't want to be a pastor. I'll just be a pastor. God is the one who took you, like he did David, took you from the sheepfold and said, you're out leading the sheep, but I, I want you to lead my flock, Israel. So God puts us in. And, and remember this, if he put us in, he can take us out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I hope I've been clear, too, in in simple explanation of the changing of roles. Pastor John Day helped me with this just again this week, and I thank him for that Uh, publicly. He he said, well, what is really really happening here, and how does it look? And I fumbled through an explanation. He goes, oh, well, that's easy. (laughs) To which I thought, where were you three years ago? (laughs) He was right there. I mean, why didn't I ask him that? He said, well, you're just... 
Rob has been sort of staff support to you all this time, and now you're going to be staff support to Rob. And I went, golly, that's easy. Gee, that's easy. So I told Peggy driving here this morning, I said, hey, you know, Monday when I wake up, I'm staff support. And I'm going to put it on the staff meeting. I'm going to put an agenda item. I want to raise. Uh, I could do that now, right? I mean, hey, I don't get paid enough for this job. Anyway, so for a while, we're, we're, we're switching roles. And let me, in, let me in, give you an intimate conversation between Rob and I that is just something that had to be done. We've, got, we've done so many of these. I won't do all of them. But the young guy, you know, I, I talk about him impersonally. The young guy is looking at the old guy and saying, how's this really going to work out? I mean, when do I get to be the boss? Right? We heard prophetically yesterday from Tim Schmidt. You're the boss. God made you the boss. And I was ready to run out the door. <laughs> That's right. I'm not the boss. <laughs> and uh, so Rob's trying to figure out how's this, how does it end? How does it come to a conclusion? And what's it going to look like? And I, I said, I, I like to think in ultimate questions, ultimate statements, you know, something that doesn't really go much further. I said, Rob, not jokingly either. I said, I believe that what has to happen is we come to the point where you have the authority to fire me. That's tomorrow. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Not really. But, but we have these kind of conversations because there needs to be clarity. There needs to be understanding. This can't just be fuzzy and wondering, will he ever let go and leave? And, you know... <laughs> What's going to happen? Yeah. Joel's pastor yesterday, if you were here yesterday, Pastor Eric Glover from Reno Valley is pastoring the church that Joel planted in Reno Valley, Cell Church there. He stood up and said, I have that word for the congregation. I don't really remember what he said to the congregation, but I remember this coming into my spirit. Thou shalt shut up. <laughs> you know? That's what I remember hearing. I'm like, wow, that's pretty prophetic. I mean, is that really the Spirit of God saying, Thou shalt be quiet? And uh, it was powerful. I mean, I needed to hear it. And that's what needs to happen. I need to be quiet. And I need to say, Here's the pastor. Let's listen to what pastor, because God's going to talk to the pastor and lead us. I want to go where God says we're going. And even if I don't agree, well, we'll talk about it privately, as you can too. But in public, we're saying, He says charge. We just say, Which direction? He says jump. We ask how high. You know, he says, I need this done. We're on it. We're not questioning. We're, we're faith-driven people that believe that God speaks to the leader. And you've got it all in the scriptures. Even when leaders were bad leaders. You know, David could have taken out Saul a couple times. He says, I'm not touching God's anointed. I'm not doing the prophets any harm. No way. God's put him in. He can take him out. I don't take him out. I just, I'm supposed to follow. And God will bless me in my faithfulness and my stick-to-itiveness. And so... I'm behind you. I'm behind you. Yeah. I, I did a funeral at, uh, at Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C., overlooking Pentagon and all that, you know. It was Chance's brother. And I remember they gave me the protocol officer. This guy was going to teach me everything I needed to do and do it exactly right, according to the military style. It was full honors, the caisson, the band, the march, and the walk to the grave. And I was privileged to be there. 
And this protocol officer said, uh, here's, here's what you got to do. And he told me all those things. He said, and if you ever want to know where I am, if you have a question, all you'll need to do is turn and look at your right elbow because I will never leave you. And for the whole time, that's where he was. He was right there. I could, I could wander off and look at things. Go, my goodness, there's all these turtle flames over there. All these monuments. And there, ooh. <laughs> he was right there. He said, I'll, that's where I'll be. And, and he said, if you need to know what to do, just whisper. I'll tell you. And, you know, and any time a flag moves, he would salute. And he said, your hand over your heart. And, yes, sir. And, and we did all that. And then we'd walk. And, so I, I want to be the protocol type guy. I want to be right there. I don't want to be pushing or taking charge. But, but anytime you need me, you don't have to look far. I really do want the raise, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to plant seeds of faith here. Faith, faith statements. Raise. He needs raise. Not, I never want that one to come in. You're fired. You're fired. It would be um, terrible with me to finish a day like this before we pray and receive Rob and Shannon as our pastors and not say thank you to my family. I am nothing, zero, cipher, zip, without my family. And most of them are here this morning. The rest of them are in Texas. <laughs> For now. <laughs> Next week they'll be in Minneapolis or somewhere. Some of them on their way home. But my family is what has made me who I am. All of them. And I'm so glad they're here this morning. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> I got an email from Jessica this morning. I tried reading it while I was driving. <laughs> I wasn't texting. I was reading email. <laughs> and I, I, I got to a part of it. I said, I just, what am I doing? I'm, I'm driving myself to tears while I'm driving a car and threatening everybody on the road. This is not proper. But, but I'm grateful for my family who have loved the Lord, and they all serve the Lord, all the grandkids are serving the Lord, and everything is in order still. And uh, they have made sure I made it. Uh, without that, I would not make it. And I mean that sincerely. Of course, Peggy's at the top, right? Joe and Linda Stangle have been elders with us for nearly 100 years. <laughs> have been unbelievably faithful friends for Peggy and I and we remain a council of elders with Pastor Rob until he decides to change the laundry if he does but we're elders of this congregation and, and I, I just am proud to be their friend uh, you know there are things when you become a friend to somebody else and you want to be their friend but they have made me their, us their friends and they welcome us into their home they welcome us into their life and that's a privilege to have friends like you. And thank you for getting us to this point. They've gone through all of this with us. They probably have carried more of the load in prayer and friendship than, uh, than we will ever be aware. Thank you. And, uh, and to say also to the board members over the past five years, Josh Bailey, Shan, uh, Breyer, 
Sue Walter. Uh, Linda's been on the board as well all that time. Jolene. Uh, all of you have done the hard work of, you know, the number crunching, your fingers on the pulse and making it work. And, and you, you continue to do that. Karen Cumberland, you know, new on the board, helping us. And these are the pieces that make it work. It's not a one-man show. It's a team. It's been a good team. And all the life group leaders, lighthouse keepers, you know, you've been that through this journey, and you're still here. You're to be commended for your faithfulness and your honoring who Christ is among us. And I think that we together can say we're going forward from here. We're always going forward. Not taking any, we have not taken any steps back. We've not shied away from what God said we should do. And so here we are. Amen. Amen. Enough, enough of that. Let's, um, I, I guess I can't put that away just yet. There's another page right there. Oh, the other six points. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Four points. A-M-E-N. <laughs> Amen. We're done. Um, I would like to ask the Peggy to come and, and the Stangles to come. Stand with me. And um, Ed Breyer, John Day. Mark Johnson, Eric Jensen, and Joel Comiskey. Specifically, would you come and uh, join me this morning? And we're going we're gonna to be on this side of it. I, this is not awkward for me to think in these terms. Um, we're just on this side of it. What's happening today is we're installing. We ordained yesterday. And I'm real, as Joel said, I'm kind of a detail-oriented guy by now in my life. I used to be a fun guy, and now I'm just an accountant or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm a staff guy that keeps track of the numbers or something. But, well, yeah, you guys should be in the middle over here, please. I say that because there's a video camera back there that's pointed to the middle, I think, and you off camera is not a good idea. Uh, what we're seeing this today in the actions we're taking is that while God has anointed them and ordained them yesterday as ministers to the body of Christ and will take them anywhere in the world and they will be that. Wherever God takes them, they'll need to be that. It's kind of hard because you're never really on vacation. You go on vacation and there they are, the people of God, and they have needs. And the pastoral thing rises up in you and and your wife will say, No. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, say no. <laughs> you know, the plane rides. You get on a plane, you know, you, you think, oh, you know, nap. No, two and a half hours of counseling. Or the person in the seat, what do you do? Don't ever tell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, I just have this. Blah. You know, yeah, yeah, so we don't tell them anymore. <laughs> you have those earplugs and the whole thing. Even if it doesn't work. Just put that here. <laughs> Make it look like it's working. No, we don't. So pastors, you know, shepherds to the body of Christ wherever they go. That's yesterday. Ordaining. That's God's choice. They're my leaders in the body. Ephesians 4. You know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They're them. Today we're saying we stand here as, as those who have ministered in this moment, as elders, as, as coaches, as uh, Leaders and pastors together, those others who are licensed ordained with us, we're saying as leadership, we present them to you, the body of Christ. You're saying we receive them as our pastors. Yes. Okay? So 
let me, let me do that as a charge. We present them to you now as the pastors for this local congregation to be the one place in, in the world where God's called them to be geographically for now and to minister from here and out from here. If you receive them as your pastors, I'd like for you to stand. In case. And so, and so we see that there is a, I think I would say just an absolute vote of confidence by our actions this morning that we're saying, yes, we're on this and we're coming along. And so there really is no separation of, you know, clergy and laity here. We're all ministers in the body of Christ. We all have the priesthood of the believers, every one of us. You know, not discounting anyone. Some of us need to mature a little further to be a little better at what we're doing, but you know, we can do that. But nonetheless, God calls us his ministers and his people. So we standing together, we're all going to pray. Amen? And uh, let's gather around. We'll lay hands on them. I thought about, in fact, you know, just shoving them down the middle of the aisle and doing the you know, group hug mug thing. But let's pray for them this morning. Father, we thank you that you have anointed Rob and Shannon as leadership in the body of Christ worldwide. And this morning, as we put our hands on them again, in Jesus' name. Father, whatever's in me, I transfer to them. God, I give to them. I give to them the leadership of this congregation. Lord, I release to them the anointing in Jesus' name to lead this congregation, to become the pastors and shepherds, teachers, preachers, exhorters, counselors, equippers of the body of Christ. Lord, and I pray for them in Jesus' name that you will do as you said yesterday and surround them with other leaders. Give them the army of volunteers, unpaid staff, life group leaders, equipped believers who will help reach this community for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'll take some of the load off of them immediately by laying it upon us, staff people and life group leaders. Then you will teach us how to pastor and shepherd together this community in which you've placed us. Lord, give us your heart for the lost. Grant to us your compassion to minister to a community that needs Jesus Christ. God, I pray for wisdom and strategy, knowledge and joy to come upon them. God, if there's healing that needs to take place in their lives, Lord, as they would at times even doubt themselves, are we really ready? Are we able? Can we do this? Lord, I pray that you will strip those things away and replace it with confidence and faith and the assurance of your grace and mercy upon them. Lord, they can't do it because they're perfect. They're not perfect. They can't do it because of their own ability. It has to be your ability. And we call upon you, Lord, to shore them up and to fill them up with the Holy Ghost and fire, the Holy Ghost and power and anointing that will carry them through every single day of their life. In Jesus' name, we receive them as your leaders. Hallelujah. We bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'd like to introduce to you Pastor Rob Hastings for the next couple minutes. He wants to talk to you. So you can be seated just for a moment here. Pastor Robert Edward Hastings. And, and his angelic bride, Janet. Hey, hey, boss, can I call you tomorrow? (laughs) 
Um, we're, I have really so much to say, and I'm not going to say it today, we'll, because we're going to be together for a long time. But um, we're, we're very honored that uh, you've welcomed us um, back, and an honor that you've put your trust in us as, as leaders. Um, you've had two and a half years to leave. <laughs> And um, some did. Some did. And, and the, the, hold nothing against that. But today, you can't leave <laughs> without me chasing you down. So that's why we, we feel the burden to love and care and shepherd you. And we're so thankful that there's so many that God has raised up as under shepherds, those who are walking with us and leading life groups. And we rely heavily on, on all of you, and we're so grateful. Uh, it's been a long process, and, and it's, been, it's been amazingly good, but amazingly difficult in some moments. Yeah. And, but we are committed, and we're so grateful for your support, your, your care, and your love. And, and um, we covet your prayers, uh, and we will uh, serve God. And, and he is calling us to serve here and to serve you. And we're, we're excited about what God has moving forward and, and, and seeing the valley uh, more and more just one to Christ. And, and I'm excited to be working side by side with co-laborers. And I take the responsibility, take the responsibility very, very serious. And thank you so much. Thank you to the elders who've, who've uh, talked with us and prayed with us. And, you know, and, and I want to let you know the, the heart. Everyone has said, listen, if you want us to step aside, we're here to serve God and serve you. Um, but they're, they're committed to this body and to whatever God is, is going. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for the hearts of everyone. And thank you for those who've come and, and joined us on this day. And do you want to say anything? I do. I just don't know if I can get through it. <laughs> um, it's an honor to, to serve the Lord. And I love him, and I love you, and I, I just feel very honored to be called to serve him and, and love you, and thank you for your support and your love, and I'm excited to see what he, he continues to do here. So, thank you. So no one miss next Sunday. I want everyone in a life group. But thank you very much. And, and we are loved and blessed. And, and um, we're, I'm excited about the journey ahead. And, and, you know, for some, you know, looking out, and there's a number of you who are older than me. And even Jeff uh, a few weeks ago said, you know, I don't know if I can call you senior pastor because I'm older than you. And, and it was more of an age thing. And, and we're... You know, God is, is doing great things, but I want to encourage you and let you know that, that we're not alone. We have a council of elders. We have people who aren't on the, on the elder board, but I look at, at Floyd and Darlene as, as elders for my life and people who, who I welcome to speak into my life, bring correction. And, and I've, I've opened the door to a number of people personally to come and, and, and uh, speak into me. Joel's one of them. And so though, though we're young, 
we're not an island, and we have those who will walk alongside and even come and, and, and really question us. So we're, we're going all through this together, and I'm excited what God is going to do here in Big Bear Christian Center and on this mountain. Let, let's hear one more time from the staff support guy. Check this out. This will work. Thanks for hanging in there for all this. Run, buddy. Run. All right. We didn't keep you much longer than normal. Thank you. This is a good day to stay a little longer. There might even be a little coffee or something down there. There's probably no food. Because kids zone's down that way. But uh, we have meat the world doesn't know about, right? Love one for another. Thank you. God bless you. I don't think we forgot anything. Um, have we? Should we take up a second offering? I like that. <laughs> Maybe I can talk to Floyd and Joel. They could talk to him. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are faithful. You are able. You are amazing. Lord, my mind, as you can see, runs from the beginning of this to today. And I see your handiwork. I see your marks. I see the demarcations. I see the places you said yes. Even when we were unsure, you encouraged us along. Lord, I believe we've been faithful and we surrender this to you today, all of it, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might live and allow him to live in us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, be glorified today, be honored in this congregation. I pray, Lord, that you will breathe upon what we have done and expand it to multiply us to the needy around us. Help us to never lose sight of why we're here. Don't allow us to become a club or a clique. Let us assemble in family groups and cells and life groups in order to equip ourselves together to reach a community and a world that needs Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks to all of you who traveled a long ways, especially the Jensen's and the Schmitz. Love one another. Amen. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light of this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like our God. There is no one like you, God. Greater things have yet to come and